Jeff, we're going at a cold open. We hope we can hear each other, right? Technical difficulties sometimes when you're traveling on the road. I think I lost my hearing. <laughs> okay, but we could hear each Most other. Most people now. would prefer that I lose my voice, not my hearing. But I, I would some days. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Oh, to the wow. Is that Jeff your hearing Howard. a grievance? Powered by ELEC 825. We are, oh, we'll get to grievances later. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2. I still can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> a part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Whoa, Jeff, that was loud. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing better now that it's not so loud. You, uh, it, was it louder last night at the Tampa Bay Lightning game that you were at, or while we wait? Their for fans are crazy. Join us. Their, their fans are really good. Uh, it's it's a really cool arena too. So you didn't watch the Thursday night football game then? I watched it afterwards. I actually did because okay. you know I like the Chargers. So so it it actually was worth watching. Although I got to tell you, the Chargers coach is lost out there sometimes i mean i don't know how many times you have to go for it on fourth and fourth down when you could kick i don't know a half dozen field goals or so and any one of those would have led to them winning the game yeah there's probably audio of me someplace saying that i uh would have liked him as the eagles coach at one point in fact i think i might have heard it when i was listening back to all the audio talking to you about urban meyer which we will get to later uh we're still waiting for gary waters to hop on so jeff let's talk about everything well can, well, can hold on West it's a thursday night football game i actually have something to talk about usually it's uh, no i don't know so so i have a question which is right. why does nobody cover travis kelsey Maybe they just can't. <laughs> he, Come on. It, it, it's re he was so open, not just on the last play, uh, throughout the game. It's baffling to me. I don't understand it either. I'd, I'd prefer that we have our title. Uh, title All right. Well, like well, that. well I, believe, I believe our guest is open. So I don't, why don't you go to him first? And yeah, we'll go to definitely. football later. We'll go right to our guest. Look, with all the movement in college basketball, everything going on with coaches in the world today who better to bring on than our favorite coach and the author of 10 principles of a character coach gary waters gary thanks for the time today how you doing i'm doing well how are you we're fantastic uh there's not a loss of things to talk about that's for sure <laughs> the sports world spins around and again it, we didn't know who else to go to to ask i mean there's so much movement right now coaches and ncaa football following the end of the season you're obviously kind of somebody who's a spectator of it you see what's going on in basketball can you talk about how the landscape has changed for coaches and schools right now yeah, it has definitely, definitely changed. I mean, you it, it, we're not talking about one thing. We're talking about numerous things. For instance, let's take the, the uh, portal, the student portal. I mean, they're having more kids in the portal than they've ever had ever. Like right now, like let's just take uh, f football as an example. They got over uh, 1,200 kids in the portal. And they only have about 800 destinations. So what are these kids going to do if they don't get to transfer to another school and the other school has given away their scholarship? I mean, there's a lot of things that really get you scared. Well, you know, Gary, we've talked to um, coaches. We've talked to athletic director. We talked to Ward Manuel when the portal first started opening. And, and the concern seemed to be at the outset 
that not just the competing for players that are already or student athletes that are already at schools is what does it do to the mentality of this of the student athlete do they immediately instead of learning to compete and you know dealing with the things that you have to deal with in life the easier out seems to be hey if i'm not starting in year one i'm going to leave i'm not yep. going to compete i'm just going to look for a better opportunity and, and while you want to always be able to look for a better opportunity, there's something to be said, especially when you're, when you're that age of, of learning to compete and learning life's lessons as a coach, as a coach yourself, what would you have, have done, or what would you have said to any student athlete who came into you and said, who wasn't a starter at, during a year and said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm thinking about entering the transfer portal. Oh man. Well, first thing I would do, is because normally they're getting this direction from someone else as well, and, and, and oftentimes it's their parents. I wouldn't just sit down with the player alone. I would make sure I had a parent in there so they can understand everything too. That's number one. Number two, you know, we are facing probably our biggest issue in sports, and the term that, that I use for that is the lack of loyalty. See, no one is loyal anymore. You know, uh, my parents would have told me, uh, you got to finish the job before you do anything. And so before you go anywhere. So today in, in sports, they don't tell you that. They, you know, if you're unhappy, you talk with your parent, your parent agrees with what you're saying, and then uh, they try to find uh, the next movement. And, and when, you ask, when I would ask that question to them, I would first ask them, why do you truly want to transfer? Because sometimes they think the grass is greener in, a, in another place, and it's not even close to that. They just don't see how the, how the grass is growing. So you have to really sit down with them and go over all that stuff. So obviously, you know, coaching at all levels is under scrutiny now. The biggest news of the week on the coaching level for professional sports is Urban Meyer and his 11-month term coming out of college, trying to make it in the pros. You're, you're somebody that's been synonymous in coaching with the term character. And right. I've got audio from Jeff later talking about her hiring character when he was hired. You hear stories about how some coaches treat players, assistant coaches. If the stories are true, what, what's your reaction when you hear some of these stories that come out of players saying how they were treated or other coaches saying how they were treated? Well, you know, literally, that's the reason why I wrote the book because I was, you know, at the time, college basketball was going through some issues and coaches were doing unethical things and, and dishonest things. And I wondered, I said, is, you know, are we looking into this correctly? And should we really check the coaches on this? And, and you know, you asked me what would I say. I would be in disagreement with what, how they're behaving and uh, and I think someone needs to check them on it. Now, in the pros, that's a whole different issue because I don't think they hire you for your for your ethics. I think they hire you to win, and they pay you a lot of money to win. And so, like a person like Urban Meyer, if if his uh, if his uh, morals were questionable, you know, they didn't matter. That didn't matter to them at the moment. They just they wanted they wanted conversation. And that conversation had to relate to what could you do to help this program move to the next level? And if you can give them the right conversation, they move forward. And I think 
when it's happened at the collegiate level, sometimes you get athletic directors like that as well, especially in the Power Five conferences, because they want you to win. It's a lot of money involved. And so they want to make sure that you understand that if you don't win, you're out of here. So you, you do what you have to do. Yeah, but, but you talk about character so much, especially in the book. Are we at a point, especially even in the pros, you had this situation with Urban Meyer. Character did matter. Character mattered because players are now empowered to make sure that they can't be physically and figuratively kicked. I mean, you, you have a situation with, with Urban Meyer where he, the, one of his first acts was to bring in a coach who had been accused of things that players in college were complaining about. And the players and the pros said, you know what? We're not going to put up with this. You can't bring a guy in here with this kind of character. We don't have to put up with it. So is it, it is, does character matter now more because student athletes and players are empowered to speak up? Well, you know what? I, I would want to say yes, but I'm telling you, when it gets to a point where uh, they look at the situation and they say that, hey, we got we to gotta have the best outcome, they sometimes overlook character. Uh, now, there's going to be certain segments that they 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 uh, they are defined by character, but they overlook this 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 term altogether today. And and if you show that you can win, that's secondary. Now it's important to the institution and it's important to administration. But what ends up happening is, if you're winning, they they can overlook certain things. If you're losing, you know they won't overlook anything. See, and that's what happened to Urban Meyer. See, if he would have been winning. I'm telling you, we wouldn't have this conversation today. But because not only was his character questionable, he was losing at a high rate. So now they're saying, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, throw in and, you know, doesn't matter what happens here, we'll bite the bullet. You know, I wanted to ask you, we saw some news this week. It was uh, signing day in college football Huge surprise when the number one recruit chose Jackson State, historically black college over Florida State, obviously Deion Sanders attracting some attention there. It made a lot of news and headlines. Can you talk about the significance of this and, and the role that historically black colleges play here? Because I think they often get overlooked. They sure do. And uh, and you're right. That was a big, big uh, uh, issue that went on when, when, when this young man decided to go to Jackson State. And when you think about this whole thing, is that uh, if you go back in time, you know, the, the, the historically black colleges had many, many professional athletes that went into the NFL. And, and some of the better ones came out of there. And, and as time went on, because so much, uh, I want to say, attention and, and, uh, and, and connection was made with different people, that they decided if you're not part of the, the power group, meaning the power five and the better institutions, they didn't think you had the ability to do this. And, that, and so they actually walked away from uh, the historically black colleges. Still, the athletes were still there. And, uh, and, 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 and they could still go in that direction, but they felt at the power conferences, the athletes were bigger, better, and stronger. So they went in that direction. So let's circle back to the NILs. I think we, we first started talking about uh, these the name, image, and likeness stuff. Does does NIL now equalize things? Does it level the playing field 
for schools like HBCUs because players can now go there and, and we not have the issues that we had. I heard some, I apologize. I heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was this week, say that now people are complaining because Deion Sanders was able to bring somebody to an HBCU when for years there was money that was being given to athletes at bigger schools with boosters. And now it's being done legally and the people are complaining all of a sudden. Are, are, Are we now at a point where the playing field is being leveled as a result of NILs? I hate to say I hate to say this, but I don't think so. I mean, you know, you could take uh, uh, historically black college, and you can bring one player in there, and he's going he's not gonna make as much as one player that that goes to the Power Five. I'm, when I tell you this, it's the, the playing field is so high. You know, a prime example: one of my friends here that was an athletic director, and his grandson was playing in a team, playing for a team in Texas, correct? And uh, and on the on his team, he his quarterback was the number one quarterback in Texas. He in his junior year he committed to Texas, and then uh, Ohio State came into the picture and said, "Hey, you know, we, you, it's just a, a, a just a verbal, so it doesn't really mean a whole lot." So they went after, it. and they gave him an NLI. I think it was one point three million or one point four million with, with a company, and he's there. He was there for this year and he realized he didn't get to play much. And so he he didn't meet the contract. And so what he ended up doing, he jumped, jumped into the portals, leaving and, and, uh, and going back to Texas where he's from. See, when this whole thing is done is who's got the most when you, when you deal with this, the NLI and, and, and the bigger universities can come up with people you've never imagined that can bring sources that you could never imagine. So I don't think it's even close. Tom Brady's getting in on the game now, getting endorsements. Wanted to ask you about the the college basketball coaching. There's a proposal out there. The NABC, uh, NABC is you know forming a leadership panel with conference commissioners, athletic directors, athletes, but most importantly, coaches to try and help make policy and legislative decisions for college basketball, recruiting calendar, staff, budgetary oversight. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that as somebody who has been an avid person who has watched the way that college basketball operates. Well, when I tell you this, it's been long overdue because, you know, I was on the NABC board and I understood all, and, you know, I'm dealing with, I was at a mid-major school on the board with with all Power Five schools. And so, you know, I would try to bring in things in to help the, the mid-majors, but it, you can only go so far. And uh, But when you think about these the rules, you know, they are rules that fit certain schools that don't fit another. And that's why you need everyone involved in that process so they can give their side of whatever the information's on and understand to, to help each, each institution. And... When you look at a when you when on your board, if you only or the group that you're communicating with, if the only ones you're talking to is say Power Five schools, they're going to do what's best for the Power Five schools. So now with the NABC board being mixed with Power Five schools, mid a few mid major coaches, so on, now they can come down and help in the decision making process to help everyone. Well, yeah, but but are you not concerned? Let's say this goes through. 
Are you not concerned that in basketball, the same thing will happen that seems to be happening or moving towards that way with football is that the power five is basically formed. And if they don't get their way, there's constantly threats that things won't, that they'll move along. Will, will, yeah. Is the basketball community and can the universities survive the power five ultimately trying to take control no matter what? Well, see, you know, we must be real with this. Uh, the one that is in control is the football aspect because of it's all it's all predicated on 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 the money. I mean, it's just you know the the football is playing for the non Olympic sports, and so everyone's looking at what their feelings is. I mean, are so when I think of football, yes, it's, it's very difficult to think of that. But when you think of basketball, because you have uh, 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 March Madness and the, and the national championship, everyone's involved. It's still a little hard to put you in that position. Coach, uh, as we let you go, I, I hope you did get to see the rack shaking. I'll give you my Rutgers plug as they beat Purdue on the last second shot last week. Uh, always fun to get to talk to you. Your insights always give us a little bit of good guidance to follow. Uh, hope you get to come back with us and then keep us updated what's going on. Thanks so much. Well, you know, I'm in retirement, so I got a lot of free time. Anytime you want to communicate with me, don't hesitate to call. Wait, Coach, Coach, I thought there was another book coming sometime soon. Oh, it's done. It's done, literally. And it's titled Coaching Millennials from a Character Perspective. It's, uh, I, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's done. Now I got to, you know, got to get do the whole work with the publisher and all that. So I, I'm expecting about a year, year and a half, that one will be out. We can't wait. We'll keep having you back leading up to it to start dropping some knowledge of what's going to be in there. And then when, when it comes out, we'll definitely do that too. Thanks so much, coach. You have a great one. Well, you take care. It's been great talking with you. Jeff, always amazing to, to hear his insights and look, he's very candid about what the playing field looks like out there. There's no sugarcoating with coach. You know, you know, every time we talk to him and we talk to, to coaches like him, I, I get frustrated. Um, He's retired and other people have jobs. That, that, uh, that too. Um, <laughs> but beca because character does matter and, and it, it's not just a saying, it's not just a book. Um, it's life. And, you know, people sit there in sports and think winning is what matters. But at the end of the day, as much as, you know, I come from a school where winning is important. Um, you may not. Uh, <laughs> But 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 the I have a response. Last week, Leroy Hoard <laughs> talked about the Rutgers rule, where he bet against the team all week long. And every time I hear the clip back, I can't help but laugh because I know it's true, and he made money on it. I, I know. I went I went off on a tangent there, but but it does matter because you know, as somebody who has a son who's around, who's a college age, uh, a young adult, the things that coaches do. The adults that are around them do the professors they do your, your their parents all of those people are influences in their life and what happens the, the the influence that these coaches have on these young adults lives cannot be underestimated so when you see and now we can go back to urban meyer for a hold second. on hold on before we get to him i would like to i know you're not the only one who said it but I'd like to go back in the time. The problem is at my advanced age, I'll forget what I'm about to say, but go ahead. I'd like to go back in time to 11 <laughs> months ago 
The day after Urban Meyer was hired, this is what a younger Jeffrey Cohen had to say about the situation. The Jaguars will not be using the motto, character matter. That's all I got to say. So clearly you were talking to coach before you said that, and you were 100% right, because he clearly never gained the confidence of the team. They laughed at him. They laughed at his actions. Then you see stories continuing to come out. I mean, I was texting you all week, and it's like, at what point do I just stop texting you the stories? Because I know that you believed it all along. And then you come back with this black and white candid photo of you and him standing together as if it's like in memory of your time together. Well, so it, it was joke, but, but. On, <laughs> on the end of your Urban Meyer tenure as head coach in Jacksonville. Well, it's the end of his tenure in Jacksonville. Who knows if it's the end of his, you know, that's, that's the other point about what Coach Waters was saying is, is, you know, there are schools and programs that want to win and sometimes they'll turn a blind eye to this stuff. But I got to tell you, if you're in, in today's landscape of sports, it's changing so quickly, especially college athletics. I can't see parents thinking that it would be a good idea to send their kid to any school that somebody like Urban Meyer is, is the face of. He, he, he's such a hypocrite. He's so untruthful with the things he says. And that's the thing. Like he's not able to admit a fault because he honestly doesn't believe that he's, he does anything wrong. If the story is true that he walked in and told his coaches, I'm a winner and you're losers. That kind of thing is despicable to say. Or I had better coaches at Bowling Green than I had here. Not the most motivational speech I've ever heard given. Well, that's it. So, so what kind of person is that? I mean, you can go, we could spend all day going through all of the transgressions that he seems to be involved in since the time that he was, we'll skip Utah and just go straight to, to Florida. And, and this is a guy who did what he wanted when he wanted no repercussions. The explanations that he gave when he felt like giving an explanation were dishonest, right? I mean, when he brought in the the strength and I think it was a strength and conditioning coach who had been who had multiple complaints against him for the way that he was treating minority student athletes. And, and what did Urban Meyer say when he was finally confronted about it? He I sat did. there and said, oh, we have a really good vetting program. We vetted him. Really? You vetted him. What does that say about him if it's true that, that he did he did all this vetting? That means he was okay with it. And he was okay with it because he didn't care what any of the athletes that were playing for him and were supposed to look up to him and respect him and take, take direction from him. What does that say about him? He joined a very elite club this week. Which He's is what? Only four coaches since the 1970 merger to not finish their first season. Well, he made it five more games than I predicted he would. He right? did. I, and, I mean, and because he did that, he doesn't have the USC job or Oklahoma <laughs> or Oklahoma or, or any or Notre Dame jobs out there. And you have to wonder right now, I get what coach says about character and bringing somebody in. How does he walk into a recruits living room right now? We talked to Leroy about last week about what it's like when Chip Kelly or when uh, um, Brian Kelly comes in with his fake accent 
and his his grandmother or mom would look and throw them out of the house. Like, how does Urban Meyer go into a house right now with all the stuff that's out there and recruit any place right now? I don't because I don't know what he would offer. Forget. I mean, he could go to the you could pick any of the top ten like gold star programs. If if tomorrow he just took one of those jobs, somebody else retired suddenly and he took those jobs. What would he have to offer them? Because they because any of the kids that he's recruiting have 10 other places, 20 other places, 30 other places they can go. And all these games are on television now. This isn't like when I grew up, you had your choice of Notre Dame or Penn State or Miami or Oklahoma or Nebraska. And that was pretty much all you and USC. And that's pretty much all you got to watch. Now you can turn on ESPN one, two, three, four, five, Fox Sports one, two, three, four, five. But you could turn on any channel and find most of these games. You don't even have to turn on a channel. You can stream it. You can find it on yeah. Twitter and YouTube. Nickelodeon has a AFC playoff game again this year. We're going to have the slime game back, Jeff. What? I mean, you can find this stuff. Don't you remember the playoff game last year that Nickelodeon had? No. So Nickelodeon did a broadcast last year of one of the playoff games. And when you scored a touchdown, they had slime show. It was for a younger audience. It won awards yeah. for the broadcast and they're bringing it back this year for the game. So you can watch any type of game you what want. What game was this? And, and I am so out. glad I missed it. <laughs> so while I ask you the legal question, I will search back as to which game was played on Nickelodeon last year. Mm -hmm. If they fire him for cause... Which I'm assuming they did, but I don't know. For I mean, you would think yeah. you can't kick a kicker. You would think you can't say some of the things that it apparently. Congratulations, by the way, to Urban Meyer for making kickers sympathetic. You would think that there was some type of behavioral clause about getting pictures in a bar with women late at night, potentially like any of those things. So while I look this up, can you explain to me the likelihood that Urban Meyer sits at home for the next four years and gets paid a lot of well, he, money? Well, here's the problem. They kind of let him get away with it, right? So, so the, the supposed last straw was Josh Lambeau getting kicked and, and Urban Meyer talking down to him. But that happened, I think, in the preseason. So they knew about it. It's only because these things came out that Chad Khan was forced into this situation. It's only because the players finally said that they had enough. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence was questioning him. Trevor Lawrence didn't exactly come to his aid during as all of this stuff was going on the players were tired of it and it was the players not standing up to him or the players finally standing up to him that was the real reason that he's gone so with regard to the contract issue though it they could fire him for cause for depending on what his contract says what his morals clause is and i assume they're scouring that contract putting together all the evidence talking to anybody they can and i didn't doubt they're going to voluntarily pay him so that he can sit home and do this he's going to have to fight for it well there'll be lots of weeks to speculate about who coaches there next what that franchise looks like that's not really an eagle story by the game the by the way the nickelodeon game was the wild card game bears and saints last year jeff i'll send you a video of what it looked like when the slime came across the screen on the touchdowns you will enjoy it oh yay let's go to break when we come back we'll go through the sports world because there is plenty to talk about stick with us operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains and the engineers labor employer cooperative elec puts them to work they create opportunities for the men women and union signatory contractors of local 825 
repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Jeff, as much as I don't want to talk COVID with you, I think this week we have to. Uh, We've seen a bunch of outbreaks in different leagues. Last night, the Flyers played before an empty building in Montreal. We'll get to that. Uh, This week, so far, three NFL games are postponed, uh, one impacting us. The Raiders, Browns will be played Monday instead of Saturday. Uh, The Eagles, Washington football team, and the Rams, Seahawks will be played Tuesday night. Your thoughts on the postponement and the actions that are being taken by some of these leagues to try and mitigate this? Well, why don't we go with them by sport? Because it seems like there's no continuity between sports, right? It seems like each sport has a different rule. So if what was, if the spread that was happening in the NFL happens in the NBA, the NBA, the players seem to stay out longer, right? The NFL seems to be people can get back quickly, which makes no sense to me. So rule change they just did that you can if you can be mild symptoms or asymptomatic, but have it and come back, which doesn't make any sense, because the whole point was you can still spread it if you're symptomatic or if you have it and you're asymptomatic. So how does postponing a game two days change everything? Are, are that many players going to, is the hope for the Browns that Case Keenum can come back so they, they don't pull Kyle Allen or somebody who you haven't seen in a few years off the, 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 the old heap of quarterbacks? Like, Kyle, how is it going to change the dynamics to move it two days, Kyle not Allen a week? On the Washington COVID list, so he won't oh, be okay. being pulled off. And I, for, the, for the Eagles, the, I mean, look, we'll, we'll go at the Eagles impact because that, that impacts this team and this game much more. Uh, Washington has 20 players on the COVID list, including both of their quarterbacks. Heineke was added today. Kyle Allen is there. So they signed Blaine Gabbard off the practice squad, and uh, Shermer's son is their like emergency quarterback. So that game's postponed. What does it mean for the Eagles? It will mean that there'll be 16 days from the last time they played, five days before their next game after this one on four days rest against the Giants. That means they have three NFC East games in 13 days. But at the same time, Jalen Hurts' ankle gets two more days to be ready. And I can hear about Minshew Mania and which quarterback we should have start the game for two more days. Make the pain stop, Jeff really that's where you're going there's a whole covid outbreak going around the nfl game and, and the eagles have two more days and that's what you're worried about oh look i can't i'm not a health person i am not going to talk about i could speculate all day about whether it's appropriate for people to come back and when i don't understand the point of a postponement two days and you can see that the eagles players don't understand why they're being punished for other teams having outbreaks. That seems to be the response. How are the Eagles be for, for whatever Eagle is saying that how are the Eagles being punished? Because they've followed the protocols and don't have an outbreak and another team didn't and does, I guess is there. So what's the punishment? They have to wait two days. They get to rest for two more days, but it's not rest because now you have to play 13, three games in 13 days. Okay. But you just, you you just had 16 days off. You just said. So why should you have to play in fewer days just because you had days off? You had those days off because it was a buy. It was just when it was regularly scheduled for you. You weren't supposed in, to have any, days off. You're supposed to have 14 days off. You get two extra days off. You don't need them. You had the 14. Oh, 
of all the problems that are going on in the NFL right now, the Eagles having two extra days is nothing for them to whine about. If they want to go get their diapers and they want to go get their rattles and complain and whine, they can go do that. The fact is that doesn't matter at all for the Eagles. to. If Eagles are complaining about that, they better find something else to do and they better win this game. Cause, cause if, if they're going to start making, see, this is the problem. And when athletes and coaches start making excuses, for stuff like this. It's a loser's mentality. I don't see how it's an excuse to point out the obvious. I really don't see how it's an excuse. Washington has an outbreak. The Eagles don't. We just disagree on that. I, I'm not saying that it that it should be played. They're not being punished is my point. There's no punishment by two, you waiting two days. It's not my body that's got to play three times in 13 days. It's okay. there. So, I mean, you could. Washington's going to have to do that, too. Punished. But it's Washington that has the outbreak, I guess, is the point that they made, that the Eagles have followed the protocol to the point where they have one player on the COVID list. Washington clearly either doesn't have vaccination or hasn't followed the protocol that they have 20 people. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're jumping to a conclusion that you don't know. You do not know that they're not, that they're not following protocols. This thing can spread like wildfire for people that are completely vaccinated. It certainly so- but so, you so you don't you don't know whether Washington anybody on the Washington team did anything wrong. This could have been just as simple as somebody got it from a family member. They're not they're not quarantined from their family members full time. They could have gotten it from a family member, and all of a sudden they're all sitting in a room. Nobody's symptomatic, and boom, everybody's t- gets tested two days later. I'm not I'm not arguing for it or against it. I'm just telling you the facts. They will have extra days. I, I it's just a fact. And a player did tweet. I don't know if it was Rodney Cloud or somebody else I saw before saying, so let me see if I understand this. We followed the protocols and our game is canceled. So you could say that's complaining. It's not canceled. It's postponed two days. I think it's just stating a fact regardless they're So they're postponing the games this week. The NFL gets their dream though. They get eight, day, eight days of games out of 10 on TV. When is the Eagles game? Tuesday night at seven o'clock. So the way oh, that see, now this does affect me. It now it matters you. See, because, now you're because I'm going to the Flyers game and now there's going to be traffic. Exactly. See, we found a reason it's a problem for you. <laughs> chances are the way the Flyers are playing, there wasn't going to be traffic. <laughs> no, and people would be leaving early from that game. <laughs> so the way the schedule works now, Monday well, night at five. So can, I do have a question. So I'm going to take you totally off track into into hockey, which every week we joke about the fact that we just keep forgetting to talk about hockey. So here here's our chance to talk about hockey and you can go back to how it's affecting the Canadian teams and stuff. When when I get alerts about because I was at the lightning game, so I didn't get to watch the Flyers game. So I'm getting alerts that the Flyers scored, which is a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> they don't get who out. in the world were the guys that scored? I don't think they knew who the guys were that scored either. <laughs> it was really funny to watch because I said the same thing to Sarah. I saw a goal scored. I go, who's that? <laughs> you know, they, they they put them up. They're putting them up on the board in Tampa, and I'm sitting there going, they got the wrong game up there because I don't know who these guys are. It, it it is it, it everything about last night was a strange game it, like even last year when they had the games in the empty except the outcome which was what you it. expect but the flyers right. had won three in a row up until that point so you know they were playing a little better after firing the coach but they lost in a shootout but the weird thing was like last year when you saw games in empty arenas the the seats mm-hmm. were tarped 
They didn't have the seats tarp. It was just an 18,000 seat empty arena with a bunch of people skating around. Well, it was a last minute thing, too. Yeah, at like five o'clock, they decided there would be no fans there. Look, the, I don't know what to think about the Flyers or what to make of them. They're clearly short on what they need. Will guys coming back help? I, I'm kind of in the same position with the Flyers and the Sixers right now. Can you even make a move that helps this team get to where they need to be? Yeah. Well, with the Sixers, you, with the six, the Sixers, you can clearly make a move. You need, you need Let's to, you know the what Flyers. the move is. You need, a, you need a point Flyers. guard, huh? Let's start with the Flyers. Okay. And then we'll go to the Sixers and Eagles. We got time today. It's, mm-hmm. You know, we don't normally have this. We get one guest this week. We've been, mm-hmm. you've done an amazing job booking guests for the show. And so normally we just talk and do interviews all the time and don't actually get to breathe on this. So yeah. Far, but, but, on, that, but on the week, on the week before Festivus, you want to have time, time to talk. I, know, I right. know. So do you think the Flyers either have the talent that will come back that can play or can make a move or don't think there's any hope and we should just write it off? I sent you a text two weeks ago. What did I say? Did not work. Sell off. Sell it off. Sell it all off. Get what get it. It, it is time for the process for the Flyers. It's been 40 five years what is it how many years has it been since the flyers won the stanley cup longer than i've been alive so so at some point you have to say this is not a small market team and for a long time you had an owner who cared a lot you didn't have an owner that was just looking to make money and they couldn't even do it then and they're not doing it now they need to change things up and i love claude Giroux. he is the the face of the Flyers organization and has played better this you, season. You need, yes, but but it, as long as he'll waive his tr- no trade clause, it's time to get rid of him and Couturier and anybody who's over twenty five years old at this point, and and get prospects and start over and make sure that whoever is running this organization does a better job drafting than they've done. You have faith in Chuck Fletcher to either draft those players or pick that next coach? So far, no. Me either. Um, I got faith in... There are very few leaders on teams in this city that I have faith in right now. And that's the, well, well, but the, prob, the problem with hockey is, is you don't find out right away. For a lot of the prospects you draft, you don't see them for two, three, four years, right? So it, it's it's harder to evaluate and you get more time. The concern is, is, is that whether or not he's picking the right leadership, at least for now. And as much as AV seemed to be a big name and he certainly made a splash, he seemed, he has a reputation for losing players and being very rigid and not changing. And ultimately that's what he did. And having he committed the cardinal sin in this city for hockey, which is you finally had what people believe was the, the answer in goalie. And he seemed to have him regress under his, his tutelage. Yeah, he definitely lost the team. I, I was surprised that they actually made the move midseason. I, I didn't think they would. They don't seem like they're in a rush to bring a new coach in. So it, it seems like Mike Yo is going to coach through the season and then they'll you know, reassess what they're going to do next season. Okay. So what does that tell Does that tell you that they have faith that Mike Yo could be the long-term answer? Or does it, or does it tell you something more, which is, Hey, we know we have to rebuild. Let's get through the season. And once we get to the trade deadline, let's see what, where, what our direction is 
once we see what we can get for some of these veterans. I think they thought that going into the season, actually, though, like they made they knew at the end of last season that they needed to make wholesale changes and they made a lot of them, but they didn't make all of them. So I think that they didn't know what they had going in. And I still don't know that we've seen that whole team because, you know, Kevin Hayes hasn't played much and you've had other players out injured. So, you know, you can't really totally evaluate the moves, but clearly it's not working. But Carter, when you can evaluate been what, terrible this year. Yes, but but he's he's literally on a firing line at this well, point in his life. That, that's the thing. He I'm encouraged by the way he is bouncing back from last season, but I'm concerned that you continue to put him in these high leverage and stress situations with defensive giveaways and teams that just seem faster than the Flyers. They just seem slow out there. Well, what did they go out? What did they go out and get in the offseason? They got older players. They didn't go out and get speed. They got a bunch of older players, some veterans. And while yeah. veteran leadership is good, the Flyers weren't lacking veteran leadership. That's never been their problem. Right. They they need young, speedy talent. And the question is, is do they have that in the prospects that they have sitting in Lehigh Valley? It doesn't seem like it yet. We'll have to see. Let's let's leave the Flyers there. Let's go to the Sixers. Yes. So they will say they I still believe there's hope for them. Okay. So they started off, I believe, eight and two. They are now 15 and 15 off to their worst start through 30 games since they were 14 and 15 in the 2017-18 season. They've lost four or five, including three straight against extremely shorthanded teams. They go down like 20 points in a game. Like it's nobody's business. Yeah, but can we, can we just, before, before we get to some of the players. So here's where I have a problem. The, the NBA is now considering postponing games, right? Yep. Did, did they, didn't they postpone, did they postpone a Bulls game recently? Uh, yes. Okay. So what, if you're a Sixers front office person or you're one of the players that they have, huh? Didn't we play with like seven guys and one extra guy? That's my, that's my point. So, so how come, how come the Sixers had to do that and other teams now get to postpone games? Well, there is no consistency in what any of these leagues are doing. Well, that's the front. That's the Sixers. We have, we don't know what the Sixers full potential is based on what our eyes see, because we haven't seen a fully healthy team yet because the Sixers were ravaged by COVID. Including are, your, including your superstar. Are you going to see a fully healthy team though? Because I mean, I even saw a quote from Tobias the other day. He still feels like he has a cold every day. He's a month and a half out of COVID. Are you going to see a healthy Sixers team this year? You had a bunch of guys that battled COVID. You've had injuries, and you still have the Ben Simmons situation. So that's why I'm starting to wonder if even moving Ben Simmons for a point guard or the needs that you fill makes you a team that can compete in this league. Now, mind you, all these other teams are ravaged by COVID. The Nets had a ton of players out last night. Miami had a ton of players out the night before. And now I believe the Warriors, what the Warriors might be next. I think Jordan Poole just went into the, well, that's the, the health thing. and safety it, protocol. It's crazy. I mean, normally I will send you like tweets and stuff of messages. 
every tweet from Shams or Woj or Schefter is so-and-so has entered health and safety protocols. I like dread seeing things come up for them. You know, it's not a Woj bomb. It's a health update at this point. How, how does ESPN not have like their own like medical tab on, on their website at this at point? At this point, they're going to need it. Look, health issues. I, I sent you this earlier and I know you're not the gambling guy. Mm-hmm. But that's because I suck at it. The but, yeah. swings that you're seeing at these sports books yeah. are unbelievable. The Browns, before their postponement, opened at a, as a five point favorite over the Raiders. They're now three and a half point underdogs before the game was postponed. Right. Washington began the week as a two and a half point underdog. As of today, before the game was postponed, they were a 12 point underdog. You've seen five games that had line movement of more than four points. That's such a rarity in this league. And Vegas is just trying to cover for the fact that they don't know who's going to go out next. You've got teams with 20 players out with health and safety protocol. You've got three teams in the NFL now, the Rams, the Washington football team, and the Browns that have high double digits, like Mm -hmm. 20 over 20 players in protocol coaches in protocol you mentioned sean payton in protocol i I don't know what the league does at this point i don't know how you stop it either Um, i mean i'm my the least of my concerns is vegas but i understand for people who do legally gamble that this is a real problem i don't know how you fix it i mean what exactly can you do if people people get injured all the time this is just another injury and the reason it's more relevant now, by the way, is because the NFL's embraced gambling so much. So you can't embrace gambling and then not, as a league, mention the impact of gambling on gambling when these things happen. That's not the prime focus, but it's an indicator of how uncertain these teams are right now. Nobody knows who will go on the field. And like we talk about the Eagles postponement, this means that the Eagles will have to get tested on Monday. So they could have tests come back on Tuesday that would put people out with positive that weren't positive before because maybe they go out and get exposure or they maybe they don't do anything and they get exposed. So there's so much uncertainty right now in who will play and when these games will be played for everybody. Yeah, but it's just sports. We always talk about sports being a microcosm of society. That's what this is now. This is what you're seeing in businesses now as businesses are shutting down. And and, and so it, it impacts the economy. And, you know, we, we try not to get on our soapbox, but the fact is if everybody would just do what they're supposed to do, maybe it doesn't all go away, but a lot of it does. And, and so it, huh? was, it was jarring for me to see an empty stadium game last night. Again, I did not think that we would get there. I really didn't. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the next part of this is, is the fan is, you know, look, I'm not going to, nobody's going to cry for me, but I'm down here to see Tom Brady on Sunday there's no guarantee. I mean, I, I half joked with, with my kid, you know, Hey, with our luck, you know, he's going to go into health and safety protocols because he was near somebody else, you know, and you just don't know. And you don't know whether these games are going to go on. You don't know whether or not all of a sudden the stadium's going to say, you know what, we're going to 50% capacity or 30% capacity or whatever it is. It, it's just a crazy time. And, and so that's, that's why if I'm a little rough on, on McLeod, because, because he's complaining that he's being punished. He's not being punished. I understand. It may that. not have been McLeod. It may have been somebody else. I don't want to oh, okay. throw the wrong player under the bus. I just, it was whoever my, said it, 
Fletcher Cox said, wow, another Eagles player tweeted something else. Those were the two I saw right before we came on. The That's Eagles. all he tweeted was wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> he just, he was surprised by the post. He's, he's a man of few words. A <laughs> uh, little more NFL news this week. A couple things I know uh, got your attention. We talk about the gambling side of things. Uh, Vegas, Vegas gets the Super Bowl in 2024. Good timing for that one. Are they? Are they? Is is that an award for being a? a, a what, what's what's the Raiders' uh, motto? Commitment uh, to excellence. Excellence. Yes. So, so <laughs> is is that the reward for for having such excellence in a front office and and the players they select over the last year? Speaking of front offices, that yeah. Dan Snyder story is not going away. There continue to be things coming out about him. Why? The the, the NFL said he didn't do anything. He didn't yeah, obstruct anything. I don't think people believe that very much. <laughs> I don't think you do either. Uh, something I know that got your attention, uh, Demarius, Demarius Thomas passed away last week, uh, seemed to be beloved by lots of people, um, had, a, had a health issue. Uh, you saw the Broncos line up with 10 men to start the game. Uh, tell me your your thoughts when you see something like that in a game, because I know that. Well, well, I think you saw. I, I think I actually posted something about it, saying that that's why I love sports. It, it's as much as I like the competition and the uncertainty of sports. It was moments like that 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 somebody is. It was a class guy, was a good citizen, and, and the team went out and honored him. And both teams went out and honored him. The fact that they lined up with 10 guys instead of, and, and that there had to be a penalty called and the other team just declined the penalty. To me, that was cool. Going out and, and after they scored, going out to the 88 symbol and, and, and standing there. There were so many things that were just great about that game that had nothing to do with the game. And, and it goes to show, you know, we talk about the relationships that people have in sports, how much he meant to the people he played with, to the people he played in front of, he clearly impacted their lives. Uh, another uh, turning a negative into a positive uh, Bills fans unhappy the other night with the officiating in the Tampa Bay game decided to give $17 donations in Josh Allen's number and name and $14 donations for Stefan Diggs, who they thought was interfered with in the end zone late in the game to the visually impaired advancement association. <laughs> and they raised $40,000 Jeff. So um, although the visually impaired advancement, I saw come out and say that they don't believe that refs have eyesight problems, but the money will still help. Uh, another good thing coming out of sports. You, you know what? Maybe it's not perfectly politically correct to, to, to do what they did, but it seems that for some reason, I don't know who motivates starting these things in Buffalo, but Buffalo finds a way to take a, a fan heartache and and turn it into doing a good thing and, and it's really important the fan base as a whole finds a way to collectively do something good out of being frustrated as fans without a doubt uh i want to go to college football a little bit before we get to your airing of grievances otherwise known as hanging out with me why, why do you have breaking uh, news was urban meyer hired <laughs> nope not yet i did want to ask you that'll be next week right we really got to talk about it we covered it a few years ago did you watch army navy uh, i personally it's not the same when it's not played in philadelphia to me uh but i still when love did, when did met life get added into this i thought it was philadelphia and every once in a while baltimore how did how did East Rutherford get into this. I don't know. They got in the rotation. I wasn't happy with it. 
I, I thought it looked much better in Philly, but I loved watching the game. And I don't know what it is about that game. Kudos to CBS. The TV production on that was so crisp and the packages were so good. Uh, it just, you always feel good about yourself and your country, knowing that those are the people who will stand guard and watch out for it after watching that game. It, it, look, we've covered the game. We've talked to both of the coaches. We've talked to the players leading up to the game in past years. There's character, right? That that game character matters. And all of those, those players character matters. Those are guys that are going to be protecting this country and, and they do an amazing job. And, and man, there is no game where, where players compete harder than they do. And at the end of the day, they all come together. It's, it's an amazing experience. It's anybody who ever asked me, I say, if you can only go to one more sporting event in your life, it should be the army Navy and you should get there early and you should sit in your seat for not just the game, the, the festivities before the halftime festivities, every single bit of it is great. Yeah. We're going to have to try and cover that again this year, Jeff. But, but here's the tradition that I like most about the army Navy. Once a year, you have to pronounce Navy's head coach's name. And Niamatololo. I can do it whenever we're not with him. The problem is, look, I've explained this to you before. The amount of money that I wagered on Hawaii when I was in college, when Niamatololo. You told him. I did. And then I screwed up his name. I definitely know what his name is. For, for people that, can I tell this story? Go ahead. <laughs> for, for people that weren't at, at the, the pregame uh, presser, we actually got to talk to him. And, and Jason explained that he used to bet on, on Navy and that he could no, pronou- Hawaii, he pronou- was- Oh, that's right. The late and, and that you pronounce his name well. And then we went to tape the, the interview and, I and you got his name. name wrong. I'm good like that, Jeff. I'm definitely good to screw that up. Okay. But those, I- those coaches are character guys. Oh, without a doubt. And, and good on you for circling back 53 minutes into the show to where we started at the beginning with character. Oh, well, Jeff, that's a good, that's, I'm thankful for you this festival. Although, although when you watch that game, do you not wonder, is it, can't they recruit? Isn't there somebody who wants to serve in the military who can throw a football? You do question that sometimes. Speaking of throwing a football, we've only got four minutes left, the three and a half probably, but I know you're going to the Orange Bowl to see Michigan, Georgia. What? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm jealous. And you have championship game tickets. That's Maybe. very um, bullish of you on Michigan. Oh, no, no, no. So, so trust me, you've known me long enough to know that that uh, I'm I'm not the, yeah, we're going to win kind of fan. So so it, it's, it's somebody else convinced me. Because <laughs> okay. I was going to say, that's not the way that you normally are. That's no, you look, you heard us. You heard, you've heard me talk to several former Michigan football players, all of which were much more positive about what was going to happen this season. And in fact, if you had actually played the whole clip from that urban Meyer thing there, somehow you brought Michigan into it, at which point I pointed out, and I will humbly say this, that last January, I said that Michigan was no longer a football school they were a basketball school. I made sure to leave that old <laughs> clip in there for a reason for you to clip it out ultimately for the show. But, but, I, but I have got to say, I, I am shocked and very happy that Jim Harbaugh has evolved as a coach 
and has a, a group of student athletes who are amazing, amazing players. And this team, I don't doubt that they can beat Georgia. Well, you will be there to see it. Jeff, we're under two minutes. It was- the, the people in Vegas don't seem to think so, just so you know, but. It is. We'll get to that next week. It is Festivus this week. We will not be on the air till after of it. I want to give you a chance to air all of your grievances. Now you only have a short time. So here's the problem. The what? biggest grievance that I would have had is Urban Meyer. <laughs> right. So, so I air that for you. <laughs> I've I've literally had the thunder taken out of Festivus by Shad Khan. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be other things look Dabo Sweeney this week complained about the portal and said nobody's thinking about the children with education there okay. has to be more well, for you to complain about out there well well look if Urban Meyer was the general of hypocrisy uh Dabo Sweeney would not be far behind and and for okay. those people those people that that are Clemson followers you got to ask yourself you know Dabo's been complaining now because he doesn't get his way and and all of a sudden his very committed assistant coaches all leave and um the athletic director goes from clemson to miami there so ask yourself if, if everybody sees the writing on the wall and and so uh, since i was close on my prediction on urban meyer by just a, a number of games i'm going to predict for you that Dabo sweeney doesn't serve more than one more season in clemson I'll let that be the last word for this week, and I will clip that for if that comes true. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. It's a Festivus miracle. <laughs>